Welcome learners to this pilot episode of LLL Talk, the European podcast on lifelong learning, education and training. Through this podcast, the Lifelong Learning Platform wants to bring education talks to all citizens and we are going to do so through quick conversations and interviews with experts in education. So as the title says, we want to make EU education simple. We want to do so by translating all that complicated European jargon and the complicated expressions that revolve around it. We will do so with short episodes that will explain the main points on the European agenda to really make Brussels and the Brussels bubble understandable to everyone. We are not going to bother you for long, I promise. Our short chats will not last more than 30 minutes and we will keep you company around once per month. We are going to discuss education, lifelong learning, non-formal education, validation, recognition, citizenship education, and much more. And all those complicated words will make sense. So let's get to it. My name is Andrea from the Lifelong Learning Platform, and let me introduce our guest for today. Here with me is Tamara Gojkovic, directly from the steering committee of LLLP. Hello, Tamara. Hello, Andrea. Nice to be in such a great company and talk about education today. Oh, yes. So Tamara has a great experience in civil society organizations uh, in both education and youth. And I think perhaps she's one of the best people in Brussels with whom to start this journey. Well, thank you very much for setting such a high bar. I'm quite sure I'm not one of the best, but I'll give it a a try uh, because I've been a practitioner for such a long time. Uh, Over a decade I've been in civil society, uh, working at uh, local level and now I've been in Brussels for seven years. Uh, And sometimes, uh, I'll be very honest, sometimes I even get uh, confused with the terminology. So whoever is listening, don't be afraid because that happens to everyone. And uh, we are here actually to uh, try to demystify uh, this bubble and talk about what is actually Europe doing uh, for each one of you. Indeed. So what is actually Europe doing for education and training? How does it tackle it? Yeah, how does it tackle it? I'm, uh, I think that Europe is tackling it in so many different ways. One thing that from the very beginning we should not uh, forget that education is not a competence uh, of the European Union. That means that European Union is not deciding on how national systems of education are going to look like, how are they going to function. But what's most important, I would say, uh, for uh, each and every one of us is that all of us together in the European Union, we are seeing the challenges that we are facing on everyday basis. We are uh, talking about them, we are uh, are sharing our experiences, uh, sharing different practices and then based on those common challenges that we have identified, we are actually uh, setting joint goals and uh, joint uh, initiatives that we can all do together. I'm quite sure that we can mention a couple of them uh, during our talk, but uh, European Union is doing so many uh, different things for uh, each and every learner and it's not important if you come from a small country in European Union and you live in a small city or just work in some school, you're working in a small organization or if you're working in some, uh, I don't know, let's say university or at national level, I'm uh, quite sure that for each one of you, you will find very interesting topics, not only in this episode of LLL Talks, but uh, in others that are going to come. So uh, what is actually European Union doing for you? Uh, As I said, apart from setting the uh, challenges together, European Union is gathering different experts on topics uh, of different uh, sides of education. Is it adult learning? Is it vocational training? Is it uh, non-formal education or higher education? And 
people are talking and discussing together. So maybe European Union is not going to uh, have effect on your national system or not have a direct impact, but there are different programs that are actually setting uh, how your national systems can look like. Or if you want to move uh, to a different country of the European Union, you will be able to recognize your competencies through a European qualifications framework, for example. Oh, that's what it means that it's not a competence. Okay, now it's clear. And especially with the mobility of learners and workers, I, I think this is something that everyone can, can say, oh yes, this is something that impacts me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely, because um, those uh, who um, lived maybe in times where their country is n was not part of the European Union, they know that so many different things were not possible back then. Or even those, if people are listening from different non-EU countries, they know that it's not very easy to go and study abroad, to um, uh, be able to work in 27 countries and so on. Uh, maybe work is not really a competence uh, related to education, but it is very important because your uh, diploma can be easily recognized uh, in the scope of the European Union, in the scope of the educational uh, policies that European Union is setting so that you can actually go study abroad without any problems because your diploma is going to be recognized. You can uh, go and work because, again, your diploma is recognized. And uh, what you can do, you can just simply go on different exchanges uh, with your peers. Uh, or if you're a school teacher, if you're a youth worker, if you're a university professor, you can go and find, uh, thanks to the programs of the European Union, you can go and find your peers, good partners, and go and learn exchange and go back to your community and try to implement those things uh, that you learned uh, in the community, in your school or organization. So that's something that is quite exciting for me. All right, this makes it very, very clear. But let me ask you, like, who decides on those uh, competences, on those skills, on those policies in the European Union for education? Uh, hearing from people that I've been working uh, with uh, from around Europe, sometimes European Union looks uh, like a, such a big monster, you know, from Brussels and uh, a, a huge bureaucracy that is eating our money of, of taxpayers' money of the European Union. But it's not like that. There are several uh, very important um, uh, institutions that you need to know about. Is it European Commission that has uh, several directorate generals uh, that are working uh, on uh, things that are related to education. One that is most important is uh, DG education and uh, youth, culture, sports. Uh, so it's quite, uh, the name is quite long. It is very complicated yeah, in the end. It is quite complicated, isn't it? Uh, then uh, Director General of DG Employment that is uh, dealing actually with uh, uh, skills uh, of, uh, of learners, um, adult education and vocational training and is actually improving, working on improving your skills so that you can have a better um, uh, chances uh, in your life. Uh, there are also many other um, institutions that you need to know about, but what I'm suggesting uh, when it comes to that is that you check uh, our guidebook, the one that uh, Lifelong Learning Platform actually developed, and that is uh, called Guidebook to EU Decision Making in Education and Training. And we have actually developed a Spring 2020 edition, and there you will find a lot of uh, very interesting information digested for everybody who really wants to know uh, the basics uh, of the EU. I like this. Thank you, Tamar. You're already advertising for our publications. Love it. Um, but let me ask you this. The Lifelong Learning Platform is a civil society organization, like many others in Brussels. What does it mean and what can civil society do to, to foster a, a diverse and inclusive education system in Europe? 
what can civil society do? I'm, I think civil society can do so many different things. One of the things that uh, we should never forget is where we are coming from and why we are doing this. And that is that everything that uh, we as civil society are doing needs to be learner-centered. And this is something that uh, Lifelong Learning Platform has been advocating for, well, 15 years already uh, in Brussels. So uh, this is one of the main points, not to forget where we are coming from, why are we doing this, um, and uh, what can we do? We can work together, uh, firstly, with people who are uh, at a uh, local level, who are working in their local communities, and this is something also that Lifelong Learning Platform is doing uh, through our membership, which is very wide. Um, next thing that uh, we can do, we can um, understand what are the messages that are coming from local level and convey them to the uh, policy makers and decision makers uh, in Brussels, be it European Commission or European uh, Parliament, for example. Because in the end, yes, we do have access to the European Commission and the European Parliament. They do listen to us. We have a well-established channel of communication with them. Um, and, it's, and it's amazing that we can do it, even though we're not an institutional actor, even though we're not a national government. We're just representatives of citizens. And as such, we, we have access to them. We can actually talk to them and let them know that we would like things different. If Absolutely, um, and um, I'm quite sure that uh, if you're listening somewhere uh, out there and you would like to change something, there's not only uh, this uh, European initiative that, with which you can actually uh, start initiatives and initiate legislative pro proposals uh, on the level, at the level of the European Union, but you can also contact LLLP or one of our members um, and see uh, what all these members are working on. And it's a such big diversity of work uh, in the field of education and training that is being done. Uh, why am I saying this? Because yes, uh, Lifelong Learning Platform has direct access uh, to uh, policy makers, uh, decision makers, to institutions. And how are we doing it? Well, firstly, again, as I said, we are listening to what is, um, what is coming from our membership. And that's something that is very important because these are the people that are practitioners. These are the people that know what is working and what is not working. And I'm not saying that it's an easy job. Sometimes, yes, decision makers are, don't want to listen to you, but I, I think that we are trying really, really hard and giving such arguments that that's something that nobody can just uh, ignore. Uh, and I think that's, uh, that's really an essence. Having good arguments, uh, speaking from the learner's perspective, is something that uh, LLLP together with its members is actually doing here in Brussels. And uh, even uh, if uh, there is so much different terminology going around, uh, I think that we are managing uh, to a certain extent to demystify it um, and to say, well, yes, but this is because of that person that really wants to have a better life. Uh, and really wants to gain better competences. This is why we are doing it in the end of the day. Yes, indeed. And at the end of the day, this means that we are bringing bottom-up policies. We are trying to look on the ground what's working and what's not working, what, what are the needs, and we try to bring them up to the decision makers, right? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And how we are doing it, maybe that's also very uh, interesting. Apart from the fact that uh, European Commission is very often opening consultations uh, for all the citizens, so they're not only open for um, um, organizations or civil society, and this is something that each and every person can actually contribute with, with their uh, experience, with their um, different initiatives, examples of good or bad practice. But it's much, we are much stronger if we are together. 
uh, it works much better if uh, we join our voices and this is what lifelong learning platform is uh, actually doing here in Brussels um, talking from uh, from uh, local communities gathering um, examples of what is working and what is not working because this is the only way that we are going to improve the policies and yes it's it is our job uh, to communicate to decision makers and be persistent enough and say no this is not how things uh, are uh, working at local level please let's give it a different uh, different look or give it another try and so on sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't because the whole uh, let's say european arena is something where there are different uh, things that are happening on daily basis and sometimes you know you just need to try and try and try and uh, I'm quite sure that we can uh, have a great success in it. Speaking of what's next in the European arena, what is actually cooking in the European education pan? So what's cooking in a European arena? That's a very nice question. Uh, there are two things that I would like to mention. One is a skills agenda for Europe, uh, which is very important for every learner, and something that is maybe not a policy area and a document, but some, uh, it is a format of a document that is very important for each one of us and every learner, and that's a new format of Europass. Uh, and why am I mentioning that? Because each one of us try to get a job here and there, and we always wanted to make it uh, look nice, our experience, our skills, which is very important to be able to present uh, ourselves in the proper light and in the light of all the things that we have achieved uh, in our professional lives. So uh, European Commission has created a new format that is supposed to be much more useful, more practical. So I'm um, calling you to actually give it a try, try to fill it in and of course remember all the relevant skills that you um, gained through uh, formal, non-formal education, vocational training, adult education, anything that you have been doing related to education and training, now is the time to try it out because uh, it is, as I was saying, more practical and it has more uh, functionalities where you can actually uh, put different things that you've been learning um, in different uh, opportunities that you were taking and that you maybe were not sure how actually to use them because these are actually the skills that employers are looking for. And you know what? I have to say that I myself, I tried this new Europass format and remember when with the old Europass you, you were like, oh, but what do I have to put here? Oh, I don't know this. Is it really necessary? With this new format, you're actually in charge of what you put in, what, you, what information you write, what sections you want to appear on your CV, and it's much more user-friendly. And you know why it is user-friendly? Because the lifelong learning platform was consulted among the stakeholders before the implementation. And that's very true. <laughs> and I'm quite sure that uh, what we were saying, because we were actually also testing it out and our members were testing it out, giving feedback. And I'm quite sure that we did give at least a small contribution of this uh, user-friendly functionalities that the new format has. So that's uh, also something that we should be very proud of, right? Yes, in the end, it's what we do. We try to bridge the citizens and the ground with the European institutions, both ways. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that we've been uh, talking uh, throughout this episode, how to bridge uh, citizens with institutions, because, you know, not everything is so scary, not everything is so bureaucratic. And this is why civil society uh, is there for citizens and giving it uh, just a bit more try and giving us uh, trust that we are working actually for every single citizen uh, out there will, I'm sure, result in uh, very similar good initiatives and good formats like uh, this one, for example. Well, in the end, it's our job and we do it with, uh, with passion and pleasure. 
Thank you very much, Tamara, for being with us today. I think we, we covered pretty much what, uh, what was the, uh, the, the main scope of this pilot episode. And I hope that you listeners, you liked it and that you will grant us your next coffee break for uh, a new episode of LLL Talk. Thank you very much, Tamara, for being with us. Thank you uh, for inviting me. And uh, just one last thing. Don't be afraid uh, to try things. Don't be afraid uh, to voice up because that's the only way that we are going to change things. Don't be afraid of uh, administration and terminology and bureaucracy because we together can change things. And I'm quite sure that you will be hearing a lot of very interesting uh, people in LLL Talks, so please do stay tuned uh, with us for the next episodes. This is turning into an advertisement. Thank you very much, Tamara, and see you next time.